This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. Joined on the show today is Kevin Fall River from the great state of Arkansas. What is up, Kevin? Oh, nothing much. It's a lazy Sunday today, so just been relaxing, getting ready for the week. Is it cold out there? It's freezing in Georgia today. Oh, the temps dropped like crazy here. Uh, I think it was like uh, the upper 30s today is, is what it was, still in like lower 30s. Wow, that's unusual for the deep south huh oh yeah yeah this is a little early for it to be this cold those leaf cleanups next week are not going to be fun oh yeah cold and we've been getting a lot of rain i hate wet leaves i'm sure you do too absolutely it's it's rained on and off for the last two weeks i haven't done much cleanup in the last two weeks so uh this week's going to be nasty totally well for those who don't know who kevin fall river is Tell us a little bit about your business, and uh, we'll talk about social media too, but I want to hear what your actual business is looking like, the day-to-day operations. Okay, well, uh, Fall River is, is I would say, a small business. I mean, it's just me, uh, solo, owner-operator kind of thing. Been doing it for about four years now, and uh, my hope is to get out of the truck and uh, end up with some employees. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm kind of working to that direction. But uh, just been just trying to keep it going. Awesome. So you started four years ago. What were you doing before that? Uh, before that, I actually worked for a, a uh, power company here locally. I did that for 10 years, worked in the safety department. We tested safety equipment that uh, linemen used out on the power lines to keep from getting electrocuted. Oh, wow. So I, I did that for 10 years, and uh, they actually outsourced my department. And when they did, they uh, sent me to the house. So wow. at that point, I was just trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, I, I was the crazy guy that went out and bought a lawn care company knowing nothing about lawn care and jumped in with two feet. I had never ran a commercial lawn mower before or anything. I mean, I always laugh because when I bought the company, I had to ask the guy to load the mower for me because wow. like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm curious, what sparked you to want to go into lawn care after you got laid off? Uh, that was actually a friend of mine's dad. This is a guy I've been friends with since like sixth grade. So we grew up together. His dad uh, is kind of like my second dad. So he, he's an entrepreneur, a businessman. So I went and sat down with him and started talking to him and was just like, I want to start a business. I want to get into something. And it just so happened he had just talked to a guy that was running a lawn care business. And he was like, Kevin, I think you ought to look into it. See, see what it's all about. So I just kind of jumped on Craigslist and and uh, put up an ad and I was out there mowing yards with like a push mower from Home Depot and a trimmer from Home Depot and a handheld blower and um, using my wife's SUV and that's how I started my first season had two customers you know and and I didn't start until I I believe it was like September and uh, got two customers that first year it kind of got me hooked and then over the winter I started looking to buy some commercial equipment and ended up finding Fall River for sale on Craigslist and uh, just started trying to work the deal with that guy and ended up buying it over the winter. Wow, so Fall River was an existing company. Yeah, it uh, it was sold to me as though it had 20 customers. Uh-huh. Uh, out of those 20, I ended up with eight. Wow. So my first season, I started out with uh, 10 customers because I did carry over my two 
from the year before. Wow. And I actually still take care of one of those two customers today. <laughs> wow. Now I'm curious because I've been tracking with you on social media for a while now. So what impacted YouTube and watching other people's YouTube videos? How did that kind of play into those early days of your business? Uh, actually, quite a bit. Um, you know, of course, I was one of the guys that watched Greg, the oh, yeah. freak, back in the day. So I uh, watched a lot of his videos. Was, they were uh, addicting. He, he, he was just like, there's something about his personality. Because I was working in overnights in the radio, Kevin, from midnight to 6 a.m. back in 2013, 2014. And I would watch for like three or four hours i'd sit there and watch greg push it in that 21 inch mower and sitting in his family room talking and the next thing you know is you know the sun's coming up i, I watched him for three or four hours it was it was mesmerizing it really was and it was amazing he had that way that made you feel like you could do it you know that you could get out there and you could succeed and, and i think that's what was inspiring about him is, is the fact that he was out there with just a push mower a blower and a weed eater and I, I related to that because that's where i was at before i bought fall river wow and for those of you newer guys that are ch listening to the podcast and you're like who are you guys talking about there was a gentleman years ago his name's greg chisholm and he had a Geek to Freak was his YouTube channel, and he was kind of like the grandfather of the lawn care community online, and he'd make these videos, just a little owner-operator, and they were so informative. He just shared all his kind of tricks and how he ran his business, and then he actually ended up getting really popular on YouTube with his kids' channel. There's a whole controversy with that. YouTube eventually took that channel down, but after he was getting hundred, I think he had like two billion with a B views uh, by the time yeah, they took crazy. that down. And I haven't seen him in a while um, put out anything, but uh, he was he's kind of what started the lawn care community. And now, you know, fast forward five six years later, there's so many people with so much you know so much ch uh, so many channels are popping up. You've had incredible success. You you're almost coming up on ten thousand subscribers on YouTube should be happening here soon. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. It, it, I never really thought it would get this big. And every time I think about that 10,000 number coming up, it's just like, it's insane to me. Wow. So was Greg kind of your inspiration? You're like, you kind of watch his videos and you're like, oh, I can do this. Uh, actually, it was more uh, Brian from Top Notch. Okay. That, that really got me to where I was like, you know what? I kind of want to try making videos. Because like, whenever I was younger, I was the kid with the video camera mm -hmm. like I had my group of guy friends and I was the one that brought a video camera along and everybody thought I was crazy but uh I kind of got away from that as I grew up and then like I started watching Brian's videos and the way he was putting his videos together back then and I was like man I, I could do that that would be fun and it would be neat to look back on later on in life and see where I was at that point I mean even just four years later I still kind of look back on that first video that I ever posted and I, I laugh because I like I want to take that video down so bad <laughs> because it's just horrible and I could not talk to the camera back then and I, I'm still not great at it but it was it was really bad back then well tell us a little bit about these opportunities that have come come along the way for the journey you're coming up on 10,000 YouTube subscribers and what have been kind of the perks and and uh, I know you've got to a lot of cool opportunities that have come through this YouTube channel tell us about some of them experiences yeah it's been kind of interesting you know it's just been in the last uh, year or two so I I spent 
I've been doing YouTube for about four years now, and the first two years, it was, you know, it was just all about making the videos. And then the companies came in, the companies got involved, um, and it's been a neat experience to get taken along with some of that, getting to work with companies like Milwaukee and Echo. Uh, it's been a great opportunity to to see these products that I otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to afford or been able to look at at that point and to help other guys choose whether they want to buy some of these products. Because I, I have had products that I'm glad I didn't pay for because if I had paid for them, I would have been really disappointed. And I wanted to be able to show these guys, hey, don't buy that product because it's not going to help your business as much as even I thought it would have. Wow, that's awesome. So what would you say to somebody who's like, they've been watching your videos and Brian Top Notch and they've been watching their you know favorite social media influencers videos and they're like, well, it's so saturated now. I, I'm just going to get lost in the crowd. I, I shouldn't start a channel. Do you think it's too late or can somebody still get in the game and be a content creator in the lawn care community? I think somebody can definitely still get into the game and do it. Uh, you just have to find your own little niche and your thing and and stand out from the crowd you know it, it was a lot less difficult back whenever i started because there wasn't a big saturation uh, i've been working with a guy named blake from it's his turf he, mm -hmm. he's got a big lawn care company he's been doing it for 10 years doing like a million plus dollars a year in business he wants to get into the youtube game He's got like 500 subscribers and it, it's difficult for him at that, at that size. And he's reached out to me and we've been, I've been helping him with YouTube and social media and he's been helping me with business. And that's been kind of our trade off. And one of the things he wants to do is build his social media to the point that he's able to reach out to these guys that have been, that are like me, that are struggling solo and wanting to get bigger and be able to mentor those guys. Well, I've got a great opportunity to uh, help him with uh, YouTube and growing, and I've got an opportunity for him to help me. Oh, that's that's an awesome partnership there. And I watched some of your uh, Instagram and uh, videos with him. He seems like a really good guy. He is. He's a really good guy. And it's so funny because uh, probably five, six months ago, he had reached out to me. It was mid-season. I was busy. And I never did get back with him. And then we laugh now because it took going all the way to GIE for us to meet for the first time. Wow. And he lives 40 minutes away from him. Wow. So we could have met at any time, but we finally got together at GIE, got to talking. And since then, I mean, it was like an instant friendship, you know, it's that brotherhood of lawn care guys. Totally. Well, speaking of GIE, I want you to share the story. This still gets me. I think it was a few years ago. You're at the GIE Expo and what happened to your truck? <laughs> yeah, the truck did get stolen. It actually did not get stolen from the Expo. It got stolen from my hotel. So it was my first year at GIE. So I decided to drive, um, I had picked some random hotel downtown and, you know, with it being my first year, I had no clue where to stay and where not to stay. And it was where not to stay, okay. but I stayed there anyway. <laughs> but you didn't <laughs> know. It, I didn't really know at the time. I mean, I had, the, I had the idea once I got there that I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be staying here. But it was like 1130 at night and I just wanted to go to bed. So... I ended up staying there the first night. Everything was fine. So the second night, I had gone out on 4th Street with some guys, and 
they had stayed, you know, they had come to my hotel. They were staying down by the expo, came to my hotel, and then we walked to the 4th Street from there. But as we came walking back up, it was actually Brian and uh, his cousin Jesse. And as we're walking back up, Jesse's like, wasn't your truck parked right there? Well, I thought <laughs> they were messing with me. Like, they had got the keys and, like, moved the truck. And, uh-huh. I mean, it took it took 15 minutes for them to convince me to call the cops. Because I was like, don't make me call the cops, and then y'all are just messing with me. Wow. But it did truly get stolen out of the parking lot. Uh, my guess is I had gone to put the keys in my pocket, and I missed my pocket. And they must have hit the ground, and I just didn't realize it because the guy had the keys. Wow. And uh, the uh, cops ended up catching him the next day. He almost uh, hit a sheriff's deputy head on in my truck. Wow. And uh, well, from but the... he did do $10,000 worth of damage to my truck and did $13,000 worth of uh, damage to a Mercedes that he did a hit and run in. Wow. And I was later sued for. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I had to prove that I didn't have possession of the truck, which luckily I had a police report. So I just turned the police report in, and the 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 lawsuit was dropped at that point. But wow, I mean, it was this big hassle for a long time after that whole situation went down. Well, typically when you get a truck stolen like that, I mean, that's pretty good odds that you they found it. Oh yeah, they told me they weren't gonna find it. I mean, the cops were like, "Yeah, we don't find ninety nine percent of them." So wow. I mean, I had already booked a rental car to drive back to Arkansas in uh, all that because I was like, "There's no way I'm getting my truck back." I had my laptop in there, cameras in there, all kinds of stuff. When you got your truck back, truck. was the cameras and stuff still in there? Actually, they were. I was very surprised that and someone else's bag was in there. And it turned into this big fiasco of me trying to give it to the cops because I'm like, this isn't mine. And to be honest with you, the bag had drugs in it. Wow. And I was telling the cops, I'm like, here, I don't want this. It's got drugs. I have to drive, you know, 10 hours. Wow. And they wouldn't take it. The cops would not take it. So what'd you do with the drugs? I drove I, I drove across the street where there was a dumpster. After I picked the truck up, I drove straight across the street where there was a dumpster, and I threw the drugs in the dumpster. Wow. And then I kept the bag and then called, like, a different jurisdiction cop police station, and then they met me and took the bag. Wow. So That is wild. Was, so how did the insurance work? Did you get that, the $10,000 that they did in damage after they stole it? Was, did you get recovered for that or no? Uh, yeah, the insurance covered everything to take uh to get the truck fixed uh the unfortunate part was is after the truck got fixed i got a letter in the mail that the insurance was dropping me so i ended up getting dropped from my insurance and my insurance went up by a thousand dollars a year and i ended up i ended up paying for that for three years it was just here well, about the time I bought the new Ram truck was because my insurance dropped by $1,000 finally, and I was able to afford the new truck. Wow. That is a wild story, Kevin. Oh, it really is. And, and you know, that the, the part I put on YouTube was just such a small little blip of the story because so much of that came out after the fact. Wow. And I just never got back on there to, to tell the rest of the That is a crazy story, and I think the uh, lesson learned there is don't stay at a ghetto hotel if you go to GIE. Well, I got more of my interview coming up with Kevin Fall River in just a moment, but I wanted to say thank you to some folks who have been writing reviews on iTunes. This helps out the podcast so much. Thanks to Jay Rizzi from Florida. He said, very inspirational. Look forward to every episode. Thanks, everyone 
for sharing your stories and being so motivational. Keep up the good podcast. Never disappointed. Appreciate the review, Jay Rizzi. Michael Bedell helpful, says helpful tips in every episode. He's been on the show too. <laughs> Maybe he was talking about his own show. Uh, Blue Dad 824, Imagine 50, Biscuits 131, The Pond Digger. Thank you for the kind words. We're actually going to get The Pond Digger on the show very soon. He is a big deal. He's got like 123,000 uh, subs on the YouTube. Awesome guy. And uh, he's going to be on the show. Many more uh, reviews and ratings. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, it just helps out so much when you drop a review and you actually write one out. And you also do the five-star system. It uh, helps the show out so much. So, Well, without further ado, let's get back to my interview with Kevin Fall River. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about your business, and I'm curious now that you're approaching, is it going to be year five? Yeah, I'm going to be going into year five this year. So what has been the biggest mistake that you have made in running your business these first several years? Oh, that, is, that is such an easy answer because it is not asking for help sooner because I, I was trying to do it all myself and I guess arrogance or me just being a man I didn't want to ask for help and uh, since I have reached out to guys and started getting help things have been changing a lot wow so when you say help what do you mean uh, help with just uh, running the business how to uh, set up contracts how to sell things you know i'm not i'm not the greatest salesman i can get out there and do just about anything with my hands and build but whenever it comes to like talking to people and selling them on something i'm not just great at that so that's actually something that blake is helping me with right now and uh we're going to actually be working over the winter to start doing some contracts with uh hoas or poas and uh trying to get those sales over the winter to get ready for spring so what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Uh, the way I think of that is if I went back and told my 20-year-old self something, that might change my path, and I might not be where I'm at today. So I wouldn't even want to go back and tell my 20-year-old self anything because I, I, it's been a hard path sometimes, but if it wasn't for that path, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Hmm. That's an interesting answer. So you're you're you feel like you're in a good place in life. You you like where you're at and excited for the future. I, I'm excited, very excited for the future, and I, I'm I'm happier and I'm enjoying life more today than I ever did working in the corporate world. Uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've never had the opportunity. I got into that job to where I, I felt stuck because of that paycheck. It was a good paycheck. And, you know, I, it's funny, but I think one of the best things that ever happened to me was to lose that job. Wow. Because it forced me to get out there. And, you know, I, I've gone through a lot in my life. I've, I've gone through cancer. I've gone through losing a job. And I just try to put a smile on. And I look at it the, as though, you know, you get dealt certain cards. And you got to play the cards that you're dealt. And these were the cards I was dealt, and it's the ones I'm going to play. Go go a little bit more in depth about the whole uh, cancer. I know a lot of people are familiar with the story, but for someone who might not have heard, uh, share uh, your history with the cancer. Uh, I battled that for about five years. Um, it's called aggressive fibromatosis. Uh, it creates what's called a desmoid tumor. Uh, mine was in my... Uh, shoulder area kind of back um you know what the scapula is it's, mm -hmm. it's set underneath my scapula 
and it was right behind my heart. So the fear was that it would break through the chest wall and attach to my heart. So we had to go in and do radiation, which was very difficult to do because of the organs right there. And uh, I went through the maximum amount of radiation uh, a human could take. And uh, I was fortunate enough that 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 had stopped the cancer. You know, we, we watched it for like three years after that, and it kept shrinking every year. And uh, the last time I went to the doctor about a year ago, uh, they actually released me that I did not have to come back anymore because there were uh, no living cells in in the cancer area. Now, unfortunately, you know, I still have a mask back there. I have muscle damage. Uh, I have shoulder problems, neck problems, back problems. Uh, I live in pain every single day. Um, But again... It's just part of you, you. You fight your way through it. You you just keep going because I'm not gonna let it beat. But I mean, I I go back to the whole the whole card thing. You know, you play the card you're dealt, and and you do the best you can with what you have, and you keep moving forward, and you know, be as positive as you can about it. Totally. Well, I'm sure living in Arkansas and living in Georgia, we have you know similar climates. So. What's kind of your plans for the winter when does the grass kind of get a little dormant there in December? Or how do you kind of navigate the winter months running a lawn care company? Uh, what I have always done in the past is, uh, you know, I build a winter fund throughout the year. This is actually something I learned from uh, Greg back mm-hmm. in the Geek to Freak. It's something he always talked about. And, uh, you know, whenever I first heard him talk about that, it made sense to me. So I instantly, every month, I try to put money back. And I know how much all my expenses are to make it through the winter. And I try to get that plus some extra put into an account so that I can cover that through the winter. Um, this year, I did buy a skid steer. Uh, I partnered with another guy to, to buy that. Uh, he actually owns a landscape supply store here in my town. Uh, kind of went in there my first year, started getting to know him, became friends with him over time. This year, we ended up buying a skid steer. So that's another one of my goals for the winter is to uh, keep that thing busy, keep it running, and me be out there on that, making money with it. Awesome. And then how much time do you invest in your YouTube channel and social media in general? If you could give it a percentage, X amount of percent goes towards my actual lawn care company and the other X amount of time is dedicated to my social media and YouTube channel, et cetera. I would say it's 90, 10, 90 into the business, 10% into to YouTube. Uh, you know, the lawn care business is what pays the bills. Mm-hmm. It's what uh, makes sure there's food on the table. But uh, the, the YouTube stuff is, is, is a hobby that's just beginning to have some financial gain. And I mean, that's exciting to me, but I actually have like a savings account that's like my YouTube savings account. So any money I make from products or uh, off of a YouTube an- or anything AdSense. I make from, yeah, from AdSense, uh, I'll, I'll put that all into the account. And whenever I save up enough, it's just like I bought a new computer recently. Well, that's all money that, I got from YouTube to buy that computer. Awesome. Uh, it all goes, so it all goes kind of back into the channel. I needed something to edit with. Uh, my computer was dying, so I let YouTube buy that computer. Wow, that's and cool. I've st- I, I'm going to do the same thing with camera gear and all that. So it's really just funding my hobby is all I have to do. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are some guys out there that think 
you know, we're getting like crazy rich off of YouTube. I can promise you we're not. Um, and I'm just using it to fund the hobby. That's all it's about. And so how strategic are you with your YouTube? Do you just edit your videos and, and film them kind of spontaneously? Or do you have a really strict schedule that, you know, Mondays, 5 a.m., I'm in the studio editing? Or how, how do you plan that out? Uh, you know, I've never had like this strict schedule. Um, my channel would probably be bigger than it is if I would. Um, I've always tried to keep it light and fun and uh, not make it into a business and keep it as a hobby. So I've never set those strict those uh, never set those strict schedules. I've always just uh, kind of done it on the fly. I don't really storyboard my videos either. A lot of times whenever I go out, I have like an idea of like, okay, I want to do uh, gas trimmers versus electric trimmers. And then I get out there and I start shooting and I start talking and then I come back and I start putting some stuff together and I go, oh, well, you know, I need to go back and shoot this or that or I have another idea for this, you know, so... If I would get more organized, I probably wouldn't have to do that, but I kind of like to wing it. Who's your inspirations? Who inspires you um, on YouTube? Uh, you know, I, I really, <laughs> and most people are going to know this because of the whole sunglass thing, but uh, Casey Neistat, you know, was one of the first people I, I just consumed his content so much and wanted to figure out. It wasn't about what he was putting out. It was about how he was putting it out mm. and how he was telling the story. So guys like him, Peter McKinnon, I like to watch them. And again, like I said, it's not about their content. It's about how they portray their content. And, and I try to learn from that and put that twist into the lawn care world. So mm. it's not this just boring, you know, mower going back and forth. Totally. That's that's fascinating. Very fascinating. I love Peter McKinnon. I, I was just watching his video last night on how to edit an Adobe edition better. Yeah, absolutely. He's got some neat stuff out there. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, Kevin. And what's the best way for people to connect with you on YouTube and Instagram? Uh, probably on Instagram would be the, uh, if you want to send me a message on there, I'll answer messages on there faster than anywhere else. Uh, for some reason, YouTube doesn't alert me whenever people send messages to YouTube. So I, I, I rarely see those. So definitely reach out to me through Instagram. Uh, that one is Fall River LC. If you want to follow me on there and uh, I, I love talking back and forth with guys and answering questions. Awesome. And then your YouTube channel is Fall River Lawn Care. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't subscribed to Kevin on YouTube and uh, track with him as you're getting close, man. What, what's your uh, forecast for hitting 10,000? Uh, I'm hoping in the next couple of months, I've been starting to kind of tease some information about uh, a giveaway I'm doing for the 10,000. I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. A lot of other guys at 10,000, they want to give away products from companies uh, that they work with. Well, I decided to reach out to a bunch of the big YouTube guys and ask them for like their gear. You know, whether it be their work shirts, whatever hat, and uh, I asked every one of them to sign it before they sent it to me. And I kind of want to keep it, you know, part of this lawn care community. You know, I wanted it to be for the lawn care community from the lawn care community, just something a little different. So I'm hoping that'll kind of spur the channel to grow a little faster. We'll hit that 10,000 mark and be able to do that giveaway. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. That's a huge milestone and uh, been watching you for a while. So keep, keep going, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you.
Thank you guys for listening to that episode with Kevin Fall River. I appreciate it. And as always, thank you to everyone who has left a review and a rating in iTunes. And if you have not, I do want to ask you a favor to please take a moment. And in iTunes, there's a little blue button there as you scroll down on the podcast page that says write a review. If you could please leave the Green Industry Podcast a review, it will help out a lot. And there's also a five-star rating system. So click on however many stars you think the show is worth. And uh, that would help out as well if you could leave a, uh, a star rating there. Well, not one star. <laughs> you got to click on it five times if you want five stars, if that's what you think the show's worth. But uh, nevertheless, if you could leave a rating and a review, it would help me out. I spend a lot of time you know, recording these shows, editing them, and uh, to get some feedback uh, would be valuable to me. So I would appreciate if you could please leave us a rating and review in iTunes. And I do have a lot of awesome episodes coming up, so I'm looking forward to uh, recording some more. Got uh, B&B Lawn Care coming up soon. He's going, he's getting married, going on a honeymoon. But uh, when he gets back from his honeymoon, we're going to bang out an interview. And I got the Pond Digger, Eric Triplett coming up. He's got 123,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's a big deal. And I'm uh, looking forward to chatting with him very soon. A whole lot of other awesome interviews lined up as well. So stay tuned. And uh, as always, drop a review and a rating. Would appreciate it. See you on the next one.